Hi, I'm Tony Schaefer, and this is The Hard Truth, and we're going to go through some things today that will help educate and enlighten your understanding of current national security and, frankly, constitutional issues which uh, our country is being challenged by today. And today, our first program. I am deeply honored and appreciative of having my friend, uh, Arizona Congressman Andy Biggs. Andy, uh, God bless you. Thank you for being on uh, The Hard Truth with Tony Schaefer. Tony, congrats on the first show. It's an honor to be with you. And uh, I, I hope I'm worthy of making this interesting for you and everyone. Anybody who can pull off the blacklist look to launch an impeachment, I'm with. So just saying. So good on you. And so let's start with that. So, man, uh, I can't think of a better topic to jump into by the fact that uh, we recognize now, Andy, that the southwest border is not only uh, bad for your citizens, bad for our economy, but it's open to uh, human trafficking. It's open to terrorists. Uh, it's open to me. And my the most important issue to me is the the current war with China. I'll just be direct on that. And the fact that they're purposely flooding fentanyl across the border into our country. I don't know of a single community not affected by that. As your audience, the audience probably knows, I'm a member of law enforcement in Virginia. I still work for Sheriff Dave Decatur as his Homeland Security Advisor. His department recently was hit by a, a, a deputy simply touching a, a, a container in a car and dropping over passed out from fentanyl. So uh, just give us a little bit of a snapshot and background on, on how you came to lead this effort and what to expect next. Well, Tony, thanks. I, when I first started this, it was uh, about six months into Mayorkas' um, reign of terror. Yeah. Um, he, he had produced um, record levels at the border. Everything, for, as you say, from fentanyl, human trafficking, sex trafficking, drug trafficking, but also just the raw numbers of encounters. Right. Uh, we, we'd already seen a spike in the number of terrorists uh, on, on the watch list that had been apprehended. Mm-hmm. We'd seen criminal gang members come in. And we'd, we, all of those were records in the, every month, month after month for the first six months. And now uh, you get to this and we're 25 months in. And uh, for 20, I think, I think only one month did it not set a, a new record, and including in December, uh, 250,000. Now, we've been working on this again, trying, because we, we, wanna be, we want to be rational and fair using the impeachment. Impeachment's a radical thing. I mean, you, right. it's, it's, so you want to make sure that you, that you have your, your, your T's crossed and your I's dotted before you go forward. And so we spent some extra time making sure we could prove every allegation that we were making. And in the meantime, uh, we, we can't even keep up with all of the stuff that he's doing. And, and I mean, I'm happy to go into as much detail as you want. But, but uh, what he has done, Tony, top line is this. Nations begin to disintegrate and go away when they lose control of their sovereign borders. Absolutely. And we, have, we do not have control of our southern border. Uh, it's, the, it's the criminal cartels of, of Mexico that, have the, uh, that control our borders. No, you might find this ironic. I was at Jadif East, which is now Jadif South of Key West, working the counter-drug issue. And uh, long before you became a member of Congress in the 90s, when I was a young major, I proposed that we map, uh, like a military uh, challenge, uh, all of Mexico, because we recognized at the time that cartels were growing rapidly, and we wanted to identify uh, centers of gravity to stop it. And uh, you... The the ATF vetoed that because, oh, my God, we don't want to actually know what's going on down there. And I think this this has been a trend that has been going on. So I don't think we can blame everything on Mayorkas. With that said, Mayorkas is the guy who now has 
opened the spigots to all the bad policies, and now we're suffering greatly. And your your state trying to use uh, containers to seal off the border? Brilliant. Uh, fighting a battle over that is insane. Texas, the same thing, trying to find ways to protect your citizens. And I'm a, you know, part of our job as Project Sentinels to recognize the need to return to, to fundamental uh, uh, theories and uh, uh, policies of the Founding Fathers. One of those is the 10th Amendment. Andy, I don't know how why states can't do what they need to do, in this case especially, to defend their border. But uh, again, I think holding Mayorkas accountable and stopping him from the bad policies is the beginning. Yeah, I agree. And, you know, there's, we, we, 15 years ago, we did something in Arizona. We tried to get something going forward. Uh, probably probably closer to 12 years ago, well, maybe 15 now, but called yeah. uh, SB 1070, where we were trying to get the state to be able to just simply enforce uh, the immigration laws right. because we were being overrun. And right. the Supreme Court actually s- said we could do certain aspects of it. We couldn't do all aspects, but we could at least obtain identification from the people to determine whether they were legally in the country, and right. then we could detain and turn them over to, to ICE. Well, that doesn't work when ICE won't honor the detainers, yeah. you know, and that's what's happening here. This administration said, we're, we're not going to do that. But so the states, they're having to step up. Uh, I introduced less legislation to allow states to enforce federal immigration law right. because the, because the feds, feds aren't doing it. There's a gap there. It's dangerous for the states. And you got to, I'm with you on the 10th amendment. Uh, the federal government is way too big, way too involved and uh, way too politicized. And, and places like Texas, Arizona, even California, New Mexico, they're going to adopt policies that they need to control the, their, the safety, uh, or the border to protect the safety and security of their citizens. And the federal government just needs to get the heck out of the way if we're not going to enforce the federal law. So you have a governor thinking a lot like that that we'll be meeting with in the near future. I just I want to tease it without getting into detail, but you, you have a big... Uh a big uh, supporter of this concept, which we plan on working with to do that. And Andy, part of this is we believe is our project, Project Sentinel, is to help states work to share policies that work in their interest and interest of people. But more on that to come down the road. I'm sure we'll ask you to come back and talk about that. But let's talk next about your effort to successfully leverage uh, and get concessions from the Speaker of the House before he became Speaker of the House. Uh, brilliant. Kudos to you. I know there was a lot of tension behind the scenes. Uh, how'd you do it? Just give us a little hint, because I know certain p- people on the left are very envious of what you did because they said they would do it and they didn't do it, but you did it. So tell us about that. Well, what what happens is is in legislating and, and politics, leverage is critical. Yes, and so yeah, if you don't, leverage basically boils down to this. If you have something somebody wants and they can't get anywhere else, you've got leverage. You've got ownership. And so we did. We had some leverage. And we stuck together. And that's the critical thing is yeah. is, is if people don't stick together, then then they break up. And I think that's what they thought, um, some of my, my friends thought was going to happen, that we'd, we'd break up. But we stayed together. And um, and. And what five of us came out right away, and, and when the five of us came out right away, it allowed uh, just by the by the math, you said, well, he, Mr. McCarthy doesn't have it, and so that allowed as the closer you got to the deadline, too. That's right. part of the leverage uh, that allowed uh, the, you know another another I think seven eight people came out in a letter and said they're they're not going to vote for him unless he does certain things. 
all of a sudden you had a, uh, a room to negotiate in. Right. And and when you on January, we always know this. You 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 get a better deal at twelve oh one than eleven fifty nine, and and so when the first ballot went and he lost, and the second ballot, and then the third ballot, then all of a sudden you actually had a space where people were willing to talk, where they weren't willing to talk until that point. And um, so the, the things that have happened is you've seen the rules already have changed the, the inf infrastructure of the place. For it the might, better. For the better. Yeah, for the better, by the long shot. And, and you, so you've got people on rules committee now that are, that are, that are going to fight uh, to make sure that, that conservative ideas make it onto bills. You, you saw last week, Tony, as a result of what we did, uh, the first uh, modified rule what that means is uh, it was the first time in more than seven years that people could go down on the floor and actually offer amendments to a bill and debate those amendments and have a vote on them. Yeah. Imagine that. The, the, Imagine the, pe the people's representatives for the first time in seven years could actually go down and debate and have votes. And so uh, I think that's huge. Um, you know, the 72-hour rule, I mean, just a whole series of things. And one of my favorite comments, though, is, came from Paul Ryan after, uh, after it all uh, had, been completely, uh, had been completed and we walked out of there. He said, yeah, you know, I, when I was Speaker of the House, I thought I had too much power, too. <laughs> and, and, and then, you know, of course, he never would have given it uh, up. Yeah, of course. They never and, do. And, and, and never that do. was the deal. You could, uh, Kevin wasn't going to willingly... Just uh, a democratizer, open up the the or diffuse the power to to members, but that's what's happened. Power has been diffused to the people. Kevin's still the speaker, still has that leadership role, but uh, you've really allowed more people to participate and and go forward. And I think that's 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 what's supposed to happen in a constitutional republic. Well, obviously, the founding fathers felt that the division of government was the division of power was critical, and I appreciate Andy you returning that to to a, a way that people will see what's going on. Obviously, my friends and mentors in Congress, Louis Gohmert, the late uh, Representative Walter Jones, were all about transparency and debate. So, you know, I appreciate you guys being successful in getting this done. Uh, so does our audience. Next thing are related, which is essentially national security. And I'm going to throw three things out there, Andy. Deal with them how you want. Uh, first off, we hit, we're coming up on this debt ceiling debate. Uh, I'm one uh, who believes that our debt is a, a national security issue. Uh, the more we leverage and provide, uh, I mean, one of the no notable things for, for the audience to understand, appropriated dollars and spending are not related. Uh, we no longer worry about appropriation of money because they just print money. And I would argue it's put us in a position of where uh, those things which people find value in, 401ks, are inherently devalued by the government printing money, which then right. really hurts the little guy. And, and so I don't know if people really understand that. We'll be trying to go in more detail. I don't want to get you pinned down on this because I just I just want to get your sense of, will the, the speaker hold Biden's feet to the fire on this? And then part two of that is this incessant and continuous spending of the new green deal, which is really a new green hoax. And then this open-ended support for Ukraine, which I just don't think is, is, is sustainable or in our interest. We, we've never established our national interests regarding Ukraine, let alone funding a war, which I ultimately think Ukraine's going to lose, just if you look at the numbers. So sorry, it's a lot to throw out there, but can we start with the, the debt ceiling issue and then go through that? So, Yeah, they're, they're all related, and I appreciate you bringing them up because I, think, I do think 
Uh, can I start with the Ukraine? Because I, I think I'm, I'm, I'm for that happy easy. to start with it. Because yeah, yeah, absolutely. So, so there is no national security interest for the U.S. being in Ukraine. Correct. And there, and there is, uh, it, it has become a proxy war between the Biden administration, isn't the United States, but the Biden administration, and the war hawks in Congress and Russia. Right. And and, and the reality is. Uh, we cannot afford it. It's not sustainable. We don't have an identified national security security interest. We do not. If you had a national security interest, then everybody could easily identify the exit point because you'd know what the, what victory looks Absolutely. like. Absolutely. Well, nobody stated. can tell you. Nobody can say, "Well, victory is X or Y." So now they're saying they're all over the place. Now they're saying, "Well, uh, you get Crimea back. You get the Donbass region." No, back. we don't want that. That's not in our interest. <laughs> not That's our job. not our interest. I not mean, our so, job. So, so it's not our job. So the bottom line is you should never send any more material or uh, dollars to Ukraine. You should be ready for humanitarian need because that's the way we are. Yeah. Oh, Andy, I've seen some, just real quick, I've seen some insanity from uh, some of the folks in the neocon sect trying to justify everything you just said by the fact that, oh, it's in our interest to weaken Russia. No, we tried that in Syria. It didn't work out very well once the, we had ungoverned space. Just saying. I think we've been down that path. Libya, I don't think we want to go down that, that road with Russia. Sorry, didn't interrupt, but I want to throw it in. Yeah, I mean, because, look, if so Russia is already um, weaker than the, any in the intelligence community thought, Tony. Right. Uh, they're, they're, they, but, there's, but they still have nuclear weapons, okay? Oh, yeah. So let's Let's give them that, give them their due. And there's still a power. Um, I, I'm much more concerned about China. If we're going to talk about geopolitical yeah. uh, 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 rising hegemons, I'm much more concerned about China right. than I am about Russia. Russia is a regional player. It is not a world player, but for the fact they have nuclear weapons. Anyway, so we leave that aside. So, right. so the, the point is, for, for, for uh, we, we need to exit. We need to exit that path. And let and just basically tell the Europeans this now. You're it's, it's your baby because it's you're in your backyard. You 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 know you can't be Germany and say, well, we're going to be there to help rebuild Ukraine when it's over. No, no, you 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 do whatever you're going to do, but we won't be there. We're done. So yeah. that's that's that would save us a whole bunch of money in and of itself. Uh, second point is. Um, I can't even remember where, you, where we went. We get, oh, well, thought, just the, the debt ceiling and also the new green deal. And I want to hear oh, yeah, yeah, new, new green deal. Okay, so, yeah. so, so debt ceiling, here's where we deal with debt ceiling. Um, people, people are arguing, and you're going to hear this, Tony. Uh, uh, if we don't raise the debt ceiling, um, we're not going to pay our debts. And, you know, the. the I've heard the, the propaganda. Economy, yeah, we all. Yeah, have. all the propaganda. The, the reality is this. Um, our debt is held largely by the Social Security Trust Fund, Medicare Trust Fund, and the Federal Reserve. Right. Th- those who those are the people who own like seventy percent of our debt. Then you have other places like China, UK, and Japan, and then you have a small percentage owned by individual uh, uh, institutional investors in the United States. So, so leave that aside. We are not going to default on our debts. Right. But by the same token, by the number that they were, are, are, are kicking around is $2.6 trillion um, over, to kick off the debt ceiling for two years. Tony, that would take That's us insane. to $34 trillion plus in national debt. Right. And, and the bottom line is you better do some things. There are some things, and, I, and I've, I've been trying to work with members, other members to put these ideas in their heads. you got to claw back. you got to do rescission. you got to you need to find out 
what agencies have cash that's unencumbered, and you start pulling that back in. You right. start pulling back COVID relief money that was never been spent. Um, you start you start uh, clawing back uh, fraud money that uh, the, the fraudsters and the improper payments right. of COVID relief. That's one thing. Then that second thing is you go to you first go to discretionary spending, and you just say, what 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 do we have to that we can get rid of? Well. There's a lot of discretionary spending. One thing that would actually save you hundreds of billions of dollars is if you said, um, we're going to do, uh, uh, you actually have to go to work, have a work requirement if you're going to get means-tested social welfare. You actually have to provide uh, uh, identification and verify who you are so we know who you are. Those types of things actually move fraudsters off and actually get people back working. Right. So that you don't have, because we're hearing, oh, we don't have enough workers. Well, you don't have enough workers because we've incentivized people to stay exactly. home. And, and what will happen is you, you have a twofer for your economy. Um, you, start, you start reducing the amount of money necessary for social welfare, which eases your, your, your necess- necessity for raising the debt ceiling. But you also put more people back in the workforce. Right. And the third thing is, you, you know, let's just face it, the Pentagon, we don't want to emasculate the Pentagon the way Obama and, and, and Biden want to. But we, we know there's massive amounts of waste in administration, et cetera, in, in DOD. Find them, eliminate them, and if it's as much as, as some experts have indicated publicly, um, you might save anywhere from 75 to $125 billion per year just in waste right. in administration. That oh, also I- begins lowering it. And then you start freezing um, some of these other programs and what does that do? You're trying to get a glide path to get a balanced budget so you stop this reckless federal spending. Right. Um, and one one place where you can really get after it, Tony, is go after all the woke and the Green New Deal programs. Oh, yes. That's what I'm going that, to bring up. Yeah, that have been spent, and that, that are out there. And you start clawing that money back, uh, whether it's from the, uh, what do they call it, the infrastructure bill, you know, uh, or whether it's from the omnibus bill. That's... That between the two of those, that's um, th- over three trillion dollars, and right. s- and it's loaded with Green New Deal. The the transportation thing had about sixty percent of that was uh, Green New Deal stuff. Identify that, start clawing that back. Right. And a- a- again, it- it's 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 a twofer because you're pulling money away from over bloated uh, federal programs that will control the American populace. And then you also start kicking the can down and, and, and fixing, fixing your budget. So you've reduced right. the overall spending. So on that point, uh, Andy, uh, as you saw, I'm sure, uh, Al Gore admitted that the Inflation Reduction Act was nothing more than a new Green Deal re, retooling and put out there, which That's frankly right. is going to do everything you just talked about. All this woke stuff that will not only damage the American economy, but limit the options of American citizens. I still don't understand how the government, Andy, has the authority to tell me what kind of light bulb I can buy or not buy. I, I'm still trying to figure out where that's in the Constitution. You know, it's like, I've read the Constitution a couple of times. It's not in there. Just say it. Yeah. And, and, and to that there's point, no authority. Yeah, no, there's no authority. And then also on this new Green Deal issue, again, for the audience to understand, I've got a degree in this. I know how, what a hoax it is from the, top, the fact I got a degree in it. There are good people trying to do good things, but it was hijacked by the left for purposes of trying to make CO2 uh, a, a plant food, which we exhale, the bad guy. 
And uh, yeah, people, that's right. yeah, I mean, it's insane. It's completely yeah. insane. Irrational has become their religion. So Andy, I know that every time you bring this up, you're basically taking a, a dagger and trying to put it into the heart of their religion. That's why they fight so hard on this stuff. Just, yes, that's right. If I could, if I could make an editorial comment for a minute on that. Yeah, but it, go ahead, Andy. It, but yeah, I, I just want to agree with you, Tony. It is a faith. It is a, yeah. a almost a religious dogma. <laughs> uh, and and so when we when we talk about it, uh, you know, that's why they they practically shed tears with their testimony. They do because it's because it's they they have faith in it. They say we're going to follow the science, but then they don't follow the science. Right. Instead, they have this weird faith, uh, uh, and and it's it's disgusting. That's why you're you, you know you got people eating bugs now in um, in uh, in Europe and and wanting to do bugs all over the you know U.S. Uh, as additives to our food. Oh, and ultimately they they want us to own nothing and be happy, which I don't think yeah. is in the cards. Just saying. So let's let's circle this back because uh, all roads uh, a green new energy lead to China. They're going to be owning uh, lithium, uh, all the different rare earths. They're, they're the ones that are going to be producing them. I think I even saw you do an interview where you addressed some of this recently. What the heck are we doing? I mean, why in on the world would you leave uh, the few? If, if, if you do believe in the new Green Deal, if you really think it's true, which it's not, why would you leave uh, all of the controls of that new Green Deal to the Chinese? And for And one thing that's kind of ironic, if not stupid, they're never going to comply, Andy, with a single requirement of the climate, uh, the Paris Climate Accords. Not a one. Uh, oh. They're going to build uh, coal-fired plants. They're going mm. to burn, baby, burn to sustain their economy. Uh, I'm, I'm not going to put you on the spot, but I want you to think about next time you come back about if, if we can talk about Biden and uh, the Hunter and Joe regarding what's going on with them, because we'll probably be down the road further on those investigations. But is it is it a coincidence or not that we seem to be deferring to China constantly on New Green Deal, on the fentanyl issue we started off talking about, and 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 uh, uh, Swalwell, uh, Representative Swalwell, Representative uh, Congress, I mean uh, Senator Feinstein, Joe Biden, Hunter Biden, is there any link you think between these politicians leaving the Southwest border open, giving deference to China, buying into the New Green Deal, transferring wealth from us to China to buy that deal? Do you think there's a link there, maybe? Well, you know what? If if you weren't, uh, you know, such a conspiracy theorist, Tony, <laughs> um, you know, here's here's what here's here's what I know. Um, the southwest border is open not because of incompetence or accidents right. or a glitch in the system. It's a feature. Right. Uh, here's what I know. Um, emasculating the Trump era attacks and, and business policies that were bringing businesses back. And and getting rid of the tariffs right. uh, on China uh, and allowing China to continue to uh, be bellicose with our money because that's what's happening. We're we're right. transfer. It's it's the biggest wealth transfer in the history of the world. Uh, is when we decided in the late '90s we were going to actually um, facilitate Deng Xiaoping's modernization uh, movement within uh, China. And when that happened. Uh, you know, you had you had Bill Clinton providing tech transfer, uh, uh, and 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 a, they actually literally skipped two generations of of technology growth uh, that we had to had to go through. We right. just gave it to them because, and then you have businesses that now identify more as international uh, co uh, companies instead of U.S. companies who made their money in the U.S., got their start in the U.S. with our free market system, and then they they they're transferring wealth and kowtowing 
And that is an old Chinese word, by the way. They're kowtowing to Xi Jinping. You would think that, that maybe these people just don't like the United States of America and prefer, uh, prefer something, some other nation like China to, to go ahead and rise and be the hegemon, world hegemon. Uh, the other thing to it, and, and Tony, we really didn't get into this, but this deterioration of the U.S. Um, currency and our economic system, we're only saved right now. Andy, they're out to undermine our currency. I don't see how people don't see that. I mean, yeah. uh, it's like... The, yeah, <laughs> it's obvious if, to if, me, and I'm not if, an economist. If the United States was not the international, uh, the dollar wasn't the international currency of exchange, we would already be feeling massive, even more inflation because right. uh, of the devaluation of our currency. Now, that's that's the by the way, that is the classical definition of inflation: is the devaluation right. of your currency. And no. then you add no. in there, by the way, then you add in the fact that that they don't. Getting back to your question about lithium and 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 other Cobalt. other critical minerals, all the critical things, yeah, yeah, we've got we've got great critical minerals in Arizona, Nevada, uh, northern Minnesota. The U.S. is so blessed with abundant access to uh, excuse me critical min minerals. If we could just allow the access, right. how about the energy? If we were energy independent, and we had and we were mining our critical minerals. The U.S. would be light years ahead, and why? Why aren't we? Because we've put more controls and constraints on our uh, American businesses and mining than right. they have in China. And they're building. You know what? Are they, are they still building a coal coal fired plant a, a week there? I don't know, but uh, they were they for a significant period of time. Well, Andy, uh, I could talk to you all day, and we would enjoy it and actually educate people. But I know your staff would have my head if I don't let you yeah, go now. They're shaking a watch at me right now, Tony. <laughs> I know, I know. My staff's doing is like, hey, you know, countdown. Well, God bless. Andy, I always enjoy our conversations. I, I, I love what you're doing. Uh, please come back anytime. I want to let our audience kind of go through everything we talked about today. And I'd like to have you come back on a regular basis so we can continue this process of education. We covered Absolutely. a lot today, uh, but man, it, it is the hard truth. That's what the name of the show is. Last time I checked, I appreciate you being here, Andy. Any any last words you want to say? Well, God bless you, Tony, and look forward to doing it again. Great, thanks. And, and thank you all for being here. And we're going to go into phase two, part two of the show. This is Tony Schaefer and The Hard Truth. And we'll be talking to you after the break. Here we take on the challenges of our generation so that we can preserve future generations. AmericaOutloud.com, seven amazing years. We know that if America fails, the world will fail. It is incumbent upon us to carry the torch for liberty. America Out Loud Talk Radio, liberty and justice for all. All right, you've all heard Malcolm and the great Dr. Peter McCullough talk about the povidone iodine-based nasal spray Cofix RX. They talk about it because it's a product that actually works in combating colds, flus, and coronaviruses. Cofix is made in the USA and recommended by thousands of doctors and pharmacists nationwide. It's simple. By attacking viruses where they incubate, you make it easier for your body to heal. Check out the Cofix RX banner ad on AmericaOutloud.com and save 20%. By using promo code OUTLOUD. 
Here on America Out Loud, we emphasize optimal health, and air is the most essential element for life. The average person inhales over 35 pounds of air every day, yet we seldom think about how to rid the air of pathogens swiftly and safely when we need to. The Genesis Fogger Plus HOCL is the only way to quickly and naturally restore air to its optimal condition. Visit genesisfogger.com forward slash out loud for a free ebook on everything you need to know about HOCL and receive a 15% discount on the Genesis Fogger with promo code OUTLOUD. With Genesis, you'll be ready for what's next. Trouble getting to sleep and staying asleep is infuriating. Your mind races, you toss and turn, and the harder you try, the harder it is to drift off. And today's fast-paced digital age makes it tougher. You're not alone. Poor sleep affects over 70% of us. The CDC even labeled insufficient sleep a public health epidemic. Advanced Nutrition Company, Healthy Cell, created REM sleep to help you quickly fall asleep, stay asleep, sleep deep, and wake refreshed. Unlike other supplements that don't work, REM sleep is not a pill. It's a gel you swallow with ultra-absorption of science-backed ingredients, supporting all four stages of sleep using calming herbs, amino acids, and sleep hormone support. Over a thousand reviews with an average star rating of over 4.4 proves it works. Take back your sleep. Go to HealthyCell.com and use limited time code OUTLOUD for 25% off your first order. Risk-free. Love it or your money back. Guaranteed. HealthyCell.com. Code OUTLOUD. HealthyCell.com. Code OUTLOUD. For 40 years, alarmists have been warning of a climate catastrophe, yet none of their dire predictions have come true. Temperatures have not soared. Sea level rise has not been unusual and extreme weather events have not increased in either frequency or intensity. In short, there is no climate emergency. For 15 years, the International Climate Science Coalition has led the call for climate realism and a Made in America climate plan, a plan based on real science that responds to the real world needs of Americans, supports economic growth, and strengthens our essential infrastructure. A plan that protects the environment and ensures that Americans can enjoy the blessings of clean air, clean land, and clean water for generations to come. It's time to put ideology and pseudoscience aside. It's time for a sensible climate plan. For more information or to donate, visit our website, icsc-climate.com. Hi, we're back. Tony Schaefer and the hard truth. And man, did we get some hard truth laid on us by uh, Arizona Congressman Andy Biggs. So I'm, I'm being joined now by my colleagues and fellow partners in crime. And I do mean crime, but the good kind of crime, the crime that they don't put you in jail for. They, they name a, a high school after you, you know, long after you're dead. Right. That's the kind of crime we're talking about. So, <laughs> and crime, so just keep that in easy. mind. Put that in context. So I've got uh, Elizabeth Brackencamp, you know, Brackencamp, Brackencamp. Uh, a, a colleague from uh, the army. Uh, say hello, Elizabeth. Hello, <laughs> hello, everyone. So we worked together back during my last uh, assignment in the U.S. Army at, at, down at Fort Lee, and uh, she is uh, an eminently qualified uh, student of human behavior in the world. And then, of course, uh, our, our senior producer, uh, executive producer, all-around good guy, '80s guru. Uh, <laughs> stage, uh, a star of stage and screen, Chris Cordani. Hey, Chris. Hi. Face for radio. You know how it works. Oh, so here we are. <laughs> so um, thank you both for being here on our first uh, program. I'm excited by this. 
man, what a great interview. And it wasn't because I was on it. It's because Andy actually did an amazing job of laying out the, the agenda of the current Republican Congress, at least the, the good guys in the Republican side. So um, let's start with Elizabeth. Elizabeth, you and I have shared information about these issues for years now. And this is the first opportunity you, you're coming on to talk about this. So you kind of represent the interest of our audience because you've been an audience of ours and you've been involved. So what 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 is your biggest takeaway of, of uh, the discussion with the Representative Biggs? Um, well, as he was talking, I was uh, writing notes, taking notes and just, um, I mean, yeah, everything he says, he's just spot on. Um, I thought one of the funny things, he said, all green energy roads do lead to China. They so, do. Yeah. That's why that I put those questions that. together like that. Yeah. I mean, it's the all related. He said it. I thought, man, yeah. that's really sharp. That's a really good observation because everything about the green energy eventually leads to China, which is why I don't understand how anyone, whether it's Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez and, you know, Ilhan Omar, why they're so obsessed with green energy. And I believe, Tony, you had said it in your interview that they really are not proud of living in America. Of course they not. want to basically destroy the Constitution, which is what gives them the freedoms to do what they do in the first place. Right. And that's a really sad irony. And I always think, and it's kind of like a little bit off on a tangent, but if if you really hate America so much, why are you still here? I don't mean that in a mean way. People have, unlike you know, North Korea, you have the option to move to another country. If you don't like it, right. you can move back. But don't try to change the foundation that gives you the freedoms that you have in this country and then expect everyone to just go along with it like you. And I believe you had said it also. Um, the people for the green energy and for, you know, trying to make everybody buy electric cars. God forbid we have, you know, uh, gas and fuel and diesel for our cars, they say, um, we just want to take everything away from you and you should be happy. Well, exactly. That's why I use that phrase. That, of, that was uh, really you will, good. You will own nothing and be happy, which, and for our audience to remember, uh, and our fellow uh, Chris produces uh, something called Thought to Action, where we do the, uh, what do we call it, Chris? The Global Roundtable? The, uh, oh, the, uh, we, we, have the reset, we have the Great Reset Roundtable. Great Reset Roundtable. Find that out to be known as Anne Prince. She changed her name, you know. So <laughs> anyway, so Elizabeth, as Elizabeth said, we actually have uh, a, a series of, of great reset roundtables where we actually go through and examine this in great detail, which mm -hmm. I do recommend you all come over and check out separately from our, our radio program. But also for this program, we do plan on bringing on folks like uh, Representative Big, like Andy and others who can actually provide context to the bad policies we're now faced with. So that's great. So over to Chris. Chris, uh, you're an old hand at this. A lot of, We covered a lot of territory you're already aware of, but uh, like like Elizabeth said, Andy seemed to add some really good context to some of the, the issues we're dealing with right now. A lot of what uh, Representative Biggs has done was point out the obvious as well to people who's, who've known it for about 10, 15, 20 years, right. never bothered to do anything about it. The great thing about having Biggs on is he's one of those Few Congress members who are rolling up their sleeves and getting things done. Not not the symbol, not the symbolism. Not saying, "Hey, we're going to do this, this, and this, and hold it off to the next election." These are the guys that uh, told McCarthy, "Hey, if we're going to, we'll 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 let you be the speaker, but we want these things to happen. We want to get things done. We don't want to make promises and then go back to our constituents and remake those promises and never get anything done." Right. One thing he really, one thing that really stuck to us that we all we've all known for all these years, but many are afraid to say. 
now that we have politicians like Biggs in office who, who are not afraid to, the idea is the, uh, the leading nations of the world are trying to weaken themselves. Mm. Mainly it's us, us, Canada, the Western European nations. We're trying to weaken ourselves to maybe uh, put together a ruse that the rest of the world will become, or at least will raise their standard standards of living right uh, on in, in in many ways the problem is though how do we do that usually well, it's through emotional appeals and that, that's why this whole climate change thing is is uh is is the big pilot Look, if climate change is the new that's racist the idea is if you don't comply with what the world economic forum says if you don't comply with uh uh, uh telling our farmers or telling your farmers to stop producing certain things uh, if you don't comply by buying these electric cars then you hate the environment and you are are, are, are going to keep climate change going. Yeah, exactly. And That's let me break that down. About. And so part, so much of, I think, our job here is to help people understand the reality behind the emotion. So one of the things that major uh, cities have said within the last uh, four or five months, that major, I should clarify my comment, major uh, progressive controlled cities and states, California, San Francisco, uh, Oregon, all those folks have basically stated that it's, it is their policy goal to have at least 30% of all automotive fleets, that is to say that they're going to dictate to their people that you will own an electric car and be happy, uh, 30% by the year 2030. Now, we're, what, at uh, 23, that's seven years from now. Now, I, you know, Elizabeth and Chris, I don't know if people understand what that means simply in rare earth minerals and resources to make that work. And then the second phase of that is the power. Where are you going to get all this power to charge all of those batteries, which on a grid, which by all accounts is already being strained and stretched within the current context of what they have to provide. Heck, California, every time you have uh, temperatures above 80 degrees, people are dying because they have rolling blackouts. I mean, this is, so you have this, uh, to Andy's point, it sounds like a religion. It sounds like a cult. What do you all think? It is a cult. It's it's a by the actual definition of a cult. Yes, it's insane. Like you're saying, they they're so emotional. They are um, emotional. That's <laughs> one. Of, that's one of the biggest differences. Um, and I can say about even people in my own family, the difference between people who are so far left and then people who are right. And I know there's like maybe some in the middle, but generally you're left or right they base all their decisions on their feelings and they don't think Emotion, about the yes. second and third order effects. Right. They don't even, they don't, they don't even think about the initial um, effects of five or 10 years from now. If you're going to try to force everyone to buy electric, yeah, they, they don't see the second order. They don't even see the third order effects. No, like they children, don't look at any children's of that. children. No. Like, no. and like you're talking about, yeah, the, all the uh, minerals in the earth, what are we doing? Yeah. The fossil fuels. Right. It's like, they act like, Oh my gosh, you can't have that smoke in the air. We're all going to die. Yeah. And they just don't think about the, the consequences of their actions, which kind of leads me into, you know, other things like with the border and so many other issues. Right. People have got to understand that elections always have consequences. Who you look for is there's always a consequence. And they just, that's another thing. They don't think about it. Oh, we don't like Trump. He's mean. So we're going to vote for this really nice guy. And it's like, <laughs> no. Joe Biden's yeah. not a nice guy. I've, yeah. I've, I know Joe. Just saying. Yeah. Here's something. Here's something about Joe that that's really interesting. Everybody's going on about George Santos. Remember George <laughs> Santos? He's he's lying about this. I'm I'm no fan of Santos for what he's been for for what he did. I get that. 
But mm-hmm. these same people who are criticizing Santos elected a president who lied about where he stood in his uh, every step in, of the way. Exactly. that. There was there was a uh, there was a video going around when he was running for president, bragging about his uh, graduating very high in his in his, uh, in his in his uh, law school class and all these other these other things that he's lied about over. The- he even uh, in a press conference earlier this week, repeated that Amtrak story that uh, was already debunked. Oh, did you hear the new one? He actually had a key to the cars, and he would ride with the engineers fifteen percent of the time. It's like, no, he never rode with the engineers. <laughs> the, that's not. I mean, that's just like beyond stupid. But no, I mean, it always changes. So, and that's the thing. I'm glad you brought that up, Chris, because uh, members of the media aren't doing that. They aren't saying, well, what about Joe? I mean, every time they say something about mm-hmm. Santos is bad, but your, your, your guy is worse by, by an order of magnitude. And one of the things I, I, I put on Twitter the other day, because you all know I'm back on Twitter, which is good. Yeah. I said, how, how does someone <laughs> have a, a $2.7 million uh, beach house plus three other houses after being a member of Congress? How's that even possible? I always say to people that have conversations with me about politics and how they, there are certain people that like to worship politicians, worship those who are in office. I get that because we're a celebrity nation. Some people like I don't worshiping with gerbils it. too, but I, I don't like I, them either. I'm with so you there. I'm just saying. But these, <laughs> I just, I don't. I just tell gerbils them, hey, are nice, but they're not to be worshiped, nor are politicians. If you I, want I, to get technical, just say. Right. And, and the, if and the poli- if you want to. And the politicians you don't trust. Most of them say, well, most of them, the orange, orange man bed types. Well, I tell them, all right, here you go. You vote for your people. We vote for ours. The fact is never trust a politician who's gained, who's gained uh, personal wealth exponentially while holding office. Exactly. That should never, ever happen. Mm -hmm. And yeah, a couple come to mind. uh, 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 Ocasio-Cortez. I can't even do the tongue thing. Cortez. And then, um, Who's that uh, person in Florida? I mean, not Florida, George, that ran for governor, uh, Stacey Abrams, who went from uh, being oh. in debt to a, a multimillionaire. How do you do that? I mean, yeah. she didn't uh, hold public office, though. Yeah. <laughs> so I guess that's okay. Well, she held something because, you know, just say, <laughs> I mean, I, I will say President Obama is one of those, though, who uh, who gained uh, a, a multitude of wealth while in office. He did. He did. And by the way, just for the audience to understand, they do this through their book sales. I mean, do you know anybody who really like, oh, I can't wait to get Obama's book and read. It's going to, it's just, I'm going to read it to my kids and I can't wait to tell uh, stories around the campfire. Did you, you know somebody who did that, Elizabeth? Yes. Someone Uh-oh. in my own family. <laughs> really? My brother and his wife. Oh my God. Well, they don't, I don't think they have a lot of people because what they do a lot of the time is they buy these things in mass, make it look like it's a bestseller and send them to big warehouses in China. So they can enrich these folks via the uh, sale. But tell us about your relative. This sounds interesting. I want to hear about this. Okay, so I'm the youngest of four. Uh, my parents, um, I thought their race is all the same. It's amazing how you can have siblings and you're all grow up so differently. Yeah. So I'm the youngest of four. I'm the only conservative. My two older brothers and my sister are very, very liberal Democrats. Um, my both my brothers married women who are very liberal, and yeah, my parents are conservative. It's just bizarre. And the thing is, I have no problem having arguments, debates, whatever, as long yeah. as it doesn't get heated. But you've got to have some kind of evidence to support your claim. And we're I would think so. Around, and, and we're sitting around the Thanksgiving table and we're sharing. It's like, I really don't want to bring up politics. But when somebody else says something like one of my liberal family, I have to say. And Bob says something, too, because my husband is very conservative and he is sharp. He can remember things from American history that. Most people our age don't even know. They never even learned in school. So it's it's really it's fun. It's it's fun. 
but the good thing is no one has um um disassociated except for my son who's 36 and he's he's very liberal and very progressive and so he lives, well, up, I, he lives up in new york so he's yeah. in aoc territory so i'm always curious because part of our job part of our mission is to do outreach to the other side so uh, chris and i've spoken about this some of you know uh in the audience that i've uh, talked about my advising uh congresswoman uh tulsi gabbard before she left office and one of the notable things for the audience who hasn't heard this story, because I know some of them probably have, Dennis Kucinich, a Democrat, came to me uh, back in 2015 and said, hey, um, would you do me a favor? And uh, Elizabeth, you know who Dennis Kucinich is, right? You know Dennis? That name sounds so familiar. He's, a wild, he's, he's kind of a wild guy from Ohio. Uh, not that Ohio and wild go together. I'm just saying it just happened to be in his case. Not that I'm not. Don't. don't Ohio, don't call us and complain. Uh well, anyway, Dennis Dennis was a congressman from the, I think, the, the northeastern part of the state, and uh, he worked a lot of uh, things. Dennis is a good guy. Dennis came to me and said, hey, I've got someone I'd like you to uh, to um, advise. And uh, I said, Dennis, you're a friend who? who anybody you, is, you know, he's a Tulsi Gabbard. Now, Tulsi was new. As you guys remember back then, she was actually part of the RNC. She was uh, DNC, sorry, DNC, trying to help a guy named Bernie get uh, elected. Bernie, talk really about, bad. you know, he's got like six houses, doesn't he? I mean, talk well, about a guy yeah. who's got too many houses for his own good. Uh, boy, he, he could be a one-man uh, refugee center, right? I mean, right, S Senator? <laughs> he could. Captain I mean, he could like, set up his own little reception center. You know? We he should be the Bernie Sanders Agency for house. Resettlement of Refugees. As a matter of fact, yeah. we should copyright that and send it, send it to him. Anyway, back to the topic. Uh, I said, uh, Dennis, as long as she's willing to take the advice, I'm willing to give it. And sure enough, she did. And so we actually met uh, long before we publicly acknowledged working together on issues. And that's part of the point, Elizabeth, is she was at least willing to hear perspectives that were contrary to her political beliefs. Mm -hmm. Right. I mean, that's pretty important to be open to it. Right. And the common the common area of concern was national security regarding Hawaii. As you guys remember, little rocket man was getting ready to threaten to throw nuclear weapons across the Pacific into Hawaii. Well, that's, you know, that's a legitimate threat. You know, uh, he could do that. And so, you know, the, the, I, the, the, the concerns, national security concerns of, of, of Tulsi regarding her constituency is how that door got opened. And so I don't understand how we can't do that with more issues like, hey, let's figure out a spot of common ground and open up a conversation. But to me, Elizabeth, most of these folks don't even want to have common ground. They're so committed to a certain belief, a set of beliefs, that any that anybody who contradicts their beliefs becomes an enemy to their religion. Is that would that be accurate? Yeah, that's I think that's very accurate. So, Chris, how do we combat this? I mean, you're a communications guy longer than me. What should we do to kind of start combating all this? It's a good question. But if we take ourselves back a little bit, step backward, remember yeah. the 1980s, 1990s. When I, we did have I love Congress, the 80s. Yes, I miss the 80s. 80s great saying. stuff. Miss but the 80s. Republicans and Democrats, with their differences, were able to work together. Absolutely. And they were able to, uh, when they both shared power, they were able to find ways to compromise and get some things done. A lot of that stopped, and not, not during the Trump presidency, as uh, people might think. A lot of that started to really fall down after the 2000 election, when right. uh, there's a certain side that felt entitled to win, yet they did not, because a, a certain... Former vice president couldn't carry his own home estate. But then everything, every every year after that, all we heard from the media, aside from maybe a maybe a, a one, two-month period, was Bush is a racist, this, this, and this. 
And all of a sudden there's, there become a huge, uh, uh, laid the groundwork for the tribalism we have right. today where both sides have become baseball teams and not the ones that play friendly ball and dodge bullets, but the ones that uh, are rivals and they hate each other and they will not let the other person score at all. Right. And, and that's to the detriment of the people that they represent. Having said that, we still have to find a way to find common ground. I do know that there are certain things that the, that the left and the right do not like. And one of them, and I will say this, and I believe we should push this a little more often on this side if we want to reach out to the other side, is Canada's new uh, euthanasia policies. The idea that they're allowing uh, or they're legislating that depressed teenagers, and uh, maybe I'm going a little far, but depressed young people are allowed to have the government assist them in a system right. if they want to kill themselves. So let me let me ask you a question. This, so you're proposing we send all of the progressive politicians to Canada for for, for them to take I, advantage of this? I find many on the progressive I mean, side, at least in the social media landscape, against that, that policy. Against that really, but, but, yes. but a lot of people on the left are against that, as we are. Yeah. It, it's a whole different ballgame than somebody who's like uh, 93 and, and has three types of cancer and is suffering. This is somebody. No, who's I have someone. Who, I I know someone personally who's going through that right now. It's terrible. Right. But but I don't. Think, I, know, I know for a fact this person is not contemplating remotely suicide. As no, a but fact, you I know he's going to fight to the the end no matter what. Right. For doing right. I, I'm just I'm just saying. No, that both sides can agree to certain things. Do, and this might be one of them. To that point, though, I mean, again, how do you get through to people who believe somehow that simply because we refer to uh, the Constitution and objective truth as our political foundation? How do we get to people who are emotionally unavailable? And by the way, I guess we all go through that when we're dating people, right? Not that, not that I want to bring up dating. This is not a dating show, just saying. But we've all dated people who are making the analogy. Yeah, it's like, yeah, we've all dated people who are emotionally unavailable. It's, it's kind of the same thing here. It's like, how do you get through to people who just simply have, have checked out of, of, uh, of being tied to the re objective reality we all agree upon? So, Elizabeth, you have any thoughts on that? Because that's a tough one. <laughs> I believe in the power of prayer. We don't have oh, to be religious, but me I do too. believe in prayer. Sometimes when you sit down, like like even with my son, I can have conversation. I can debate things with him, but he yeah. still thinks he's smarter than I am. He thinks he knows more than I do because he spent all this money on a bachelor's, a master's. He even has, um, I mean, all this formal, expensive oh, education God, that makes like him. That. Apparently, I feel so sorry for you. Now I know yeah. people who become so emotionally attached to their uh, to their academic success that they lose all track. My friend Jim Walker, Doctor Walker, he may hear this. Jim once told me back in college that uh, there's a statistical. Uh, uh, they did an evaluation of people with high level degrees, and I don't know if you know this, and you want to use this for your son. Once someone gets a high level degree, their IQ drops because they believe they know everything there is to know, and they stop learning. Just saying. Yeah. Just saying. Yeah, I, I think that is part of the problem. Yeah. It seems like, um, I mean, I could even compare that to my family. The people in my family, my brothers and my sister, who spent the most on formal education are the most ignorant of just basic American history. Right. Like, have you ever read the Constitution? I don't think any of them have ever actually read the Constitution. Right. So um, that's so that's where we're going right. to go with this. I really pray a lot for, for people who just are so emotional. I just... I, yeah, I pray a lot. <laughs> yeah, no, I do too. I do too. I, I, I am the audience doesn't know this, but I'm much more spiritual than I think I let on publicly. But that's okay. That's for another show. We should go through yeah. and explore that. So, Chris, over to you for the last kind of the last word. I guess we're getting ready to wrap up here. So, um, we brought we've talked a, a lot about the spectrum of challenges we face. I think uh, Andy Biggs, Representative Biggs, did a good job of, of giving content and context to some of the things we face. What's next? What should we take away? What's our thought to action for today's program? 
Well, the idea is to push, push, and push, and don't let media pressure or even social media pressure get to you at this point. A lot yeah. of uh, people on the right are afraid to maybe vote for somebody or support somebody publicly who will yeah. go out and roll up their sleeves and do anything. We've been we've been trained, and I'm saying collective we, not you and I, and not, right. not uh, Elizabeth, not our listeners here, but many have been collectively trained to uh, believe that only politicians can handle matters uh, the the old days of great statesmen coming from other occupations do not exist anymore. You have to follow what the politicians and the science say. Anytime you put a the in front of something, don't 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 listen to it. Don't follow it. That's all I'm saying. You mean However, like the, planet, the Planet of the Apes? I think, yeah. but I like that movie. We could turn into that in that in that case, but that, that's a different story for a different Damn day. Damn you all to hell! <laughs> 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 but, the, but, the, but the takeaway is. Uh, if you're not going to be able to go out there and roll up your sleeves and do it yourself, and I know people have jobs, support people like that. Support right. people like Andy Biggs. Um, and despite, and, and you know, the media is going to come down on any of them oh, yes. who challenge the religion that you mentioned before, Elizabeth, yeah. the religion of climate change, the religion of uh, of far left policies. And that's what I'm going to say. Far left. I don't like to use the word progressive because progressive means progress. They're regressing. Oh, and we don't okay. want to be insured. Well, we don't want to be sued by the insurance term. company. We don't want to, right. want to be sued by the insurance company either. Just <laughs> Not that we want slow on our case. So, but that's my theory in a nutshell. That's a good. That's a good theory. It's 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 based on uh, dare I say rational fact and observations that can be proven and disproven. So exactly. So yeah. So I think we've uh, had a good show. This is great. Thank you both for being here for our first program. This has been uh, uh, very enlightening. Uh, I do want to actually kind of lay out some where we're going next. So we've all kind of analyzed what we're doing. We've analyzed uh, the content and context of, of Andy. And so what what are we going to do in the last couple of minutes we have? What are we going to do with this now to, to give our audience a sense of where we're going? So, Chris, I'm going to let you go with this, this one first. Oh, great. Me. How about this? Keep listening to uh, The Hard Truth with Tony Schaefer. How about that right here on America Out Loud? Yeah, that's, that's a good a beginning. Start. Yeah, that's it's a start. Right. There'll be some really uh, good discussions coming, as you can probably tell from this program. Again, give us ideas that, of what you want to hear us talk about, because uh, you know uh, we're not the good good idea fairies. You know, we don't have a, a, a corner on that. <laughs> I like what Chris was saying. <laughs> Keep listening to us. Keep listening. Uh, one, I think another thing is when you're talking about emotional people and you know yeah. whatever side you're on. Everyone out there who's listening really should have a desire to learn more. Right. Educate yourself on issues and not just the issue, your own personal preference. Right. Really, truly have the desire to educate yourself. Be informed. So be informed. Think for yourself. Uh, one of the things we may want to do, Chris, is something to think about is kind of our, who we go to. I spend hours reviewing information every day. As a matter of fact, I'm up till 2 a.m. watching things half the time just so I, I know I can, I can pick up stuff and do, do things quickly. But we, I think, maybe ought to do that. I think we'll have to go through and provide some cross-fertilization of some of the other work we're doing. One of the things I do, people want, do want people to pay attention to is your production of Thought to Action, which is uh, a lot deeper dive than we can go into here. You know, we've got... Uh, we got an hour here, but we go through a lot more detail and provide a lot more context to things with a lot of our senior fellows and other folks that we bring in for educational purposes. I think that's it for today. Again, thanks to uh, Representative Biggs, Andy, Andy Biggs. Andy's been uh, uh, someone who we've worked with behind the scenes in the past who is clearly committed to protecting the rights and, and interests of his uh, constituents as well as the nation. Uh, we'll bring on some more folks from the, his caucus and talk more about that. 
Chris, am I missing anything since you're you're the executive We're producer one here? Thing. How about What's tweeting that? Tony? You can catch Tony on Twitter. Oh, He's back right. on Twitter. It's T Spooky, right. but every letter has an underscore between it. You that's can right. also catch Project Sentinel PRJ, which at PRJ underscore Sentinel. Good. And so, um, boy, that's it. It's, it's it's a wrap. Is that what they say in the business, Chris? It's a wrap. I think so. Uh, you know, uh, God, uh, one of the, the people uh, that I'm here because of is uh, my late friend, uh, Walt, uh, is Walter Jones. Representative Jones is a great man who helped uh, keep everything going in Congress. And another guy I want to acknowledge as part of my first program, again, that I was, he sh he taught me everything I know about radio and show prep, uh, the late uh, Jerry Doyle. Jerry, God bless you, wherever you're at. I'll pass the rim. Uh, we miss you, bud. Uh, I know you'd be having a good time. So we're going to try to pick up and maintain what you were doing in your show by having great content and uh, real guests to honor your legacy as well. So anyway, thank you all for being here. Uh, again, this is The Hard Truth with Tony Schaefer. And uh, boy, I guess we'll be back uh, every week now, right? That's the idea. Right, Chris? Yes. Well, we'll, see, we'll see you all in a week. Thanks for being here. I woke up in a derelict delirium to a stranger's kiss and a broken opinion